Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Healthy Care Apple Cider Vinegar 120 Capsules is now $16.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Save 20%. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. G'day, 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 Izzy Kempi with a bit of Spicer Louie for breakfast, Wednesday the 9th of November on SCNZ. Yes, hope you're up and about, Timmy. You met Timmy yesterday, didn't you, Louie? How good. Yeah, Timmy was on the decks as we walked into Addington. He will be up and about. Day one. Day one. Timmy, I've seen that photo. Great to see you, Timmy. Put a... Put a face to a name, mate. I uh, hope you had a good day and you're up and about this morning like many of our pundits that were there at Addington Raceway. What a fantastic event that was put on and the weather to boot. How good. Nothing better than a good day in Otatahi Christchurch. How good. I'm down here with Louis. Louis, I had to venture into the studio, Kempi. I had to venture into the studio to park up because Tutu Fingers Dag started touching and thought he was an IT man. And, well, he's pretty much just ruined the whole kit at my house, and I've got to get it all reloaded with all the apps and everything. So I've had to get in my car and move in and, and come into the city to Addington Raceway to do the show next to Louis Herman Watton. Wow. 
hold his hand here. He is. He's up and about. The, probably the hardest work. He had a big day yesterday. But Kempi, morena to you, brother. Oh, morena. Taku paratas. Ai o ki te rangi, ai o ki te whenua, ai o ki ngā mea katoa, ai o pipi a hau. Yeah, bro. Uh, just a, a short karakia for us this morning. Um, well, you two are down there. Obviously, a little bit stressed out, is he? That should. Uh, that's all about um, feeling calm and enjoying the day and 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 what's outside. Uh, and Louis, you would have had a good day down there yesterday. Uh, watched all your socials and and all your tips and you jumping around and some won and some lost. But I'm pretty sure, mate, by the looks of it. And all the people that we spoke to yesterday would be happy that the day turned out the way that it did. And what a win by copy that. Oh, oh my. That was phenomenal. That was phenomenal, wasn't it, Louis? It was outstanding. Back to back. Like just a picture. Well, just a, a real similar little win to last year. They just got out to the front, got a good start, and then Blair Orange just did what he did and then kicked home. How's this? I actually ran into um, Zach Butcher and Carter Dalgetty last night on my way home yeah. at a very reasonable hour. And I just said, how's the morale, fellas? Because obviously Old Town Road and Krug and Old Town Road got up for a big fifth. Yeah. Had to go back to the inside. Right. And I said, your guy went good. And he said, yep, my guy went real good. He said, hey, how's the morale? He said, oh, you know, is what it is. That, you know, fair play. I said, old mate nicked it again, didn't he? Talking about I said that, about Blair and copy that. And he said, Again, <laughs> old mate nicked it. He did. He just got around to the lead and he just stacked them up. Uh, and Ran the way the, the time he came home and there was just no way anybody could touch him. And wonderful little horse copy that. Got to go see him in the stables. He's just a little character. He's got those little legs and they just go so quick. And Ray Green is the real genius behind this architect. Um, he's uh, he's the guy that who I guess put together this unconventional training preparation when he didn't. You know, this copy that broke his foot. He's like, yeah. like you, imagine you now as he trying to go and win a running race or yeah. play rugby again. He broke his foot not long ago. So that's crazy. Yeah, he was in a box for what five, six months, just trying to get his foot right and to come back from that. You think once they break something, it's pretty tough for these horses and the power and the weight that's going through their feet and uh, all their legs. Mate, it's horse. It's it's a hell of a win. And uh, Ray Green, you think that horse was bought for seven thousand dollars, Kempi? Seven thousand now it's earned one point five million dollars in stakes and will probably be one of our champion mares our champion uh thoroughbreds going around and man, what a horse. What a what an absolute horse and uh what a win. It got the start, but not like our good mate Rock and Roll do, who just didn't want a bar of it. You'd think the Aussies would be fuming at the moment. I know Gareth Hall will be because he was talking up a a storm for those Aussies. <laughs> oh, uh, all I can think about when that horse broke. <laughs> <laughs> when that horse broke, all I can think about was Gareth going, uh-oh, it's coming back to bite me in the bum when I was winding up Daddy that day at Melbourne. <laughs> and, uh, well, GH, we got the last laugh, brother. Cabinet's hey, good to see the Kiwis keeping it in the family. <laughs> How good. Anyway, lads, I'll give you a wee update what we've got coming up today. Kim P broke the news yesterday that powerhouse franchise Liverpool Football Club are up for sale. David Powell, Powell sorry, is the football correspondent, business football correspondent for Liverpool Echo and will provide us with the necessary information about the situation that Liverpool are facing at the moment. So uh, looking forward to giving you an update on that. And what a day. New Zealand Cup Day in Christchurch was back and roaring yesterday as thousands descended on 
Addington Raceway. Greg O'Connor will join the show to break it all down yesterday's meeting. And Louis will give us a little rundown too on his day out. Queen of Diamonds, don't get me started on that horse, but I know that affected your big multi there with oh. the oil. But anyway, it wasn't your one, mate, because you got one, your one right. What was your one you got? Republican Party. Republican Party. Yeah, brain them in the end. Well, just got out to a good solid lead, held the pressure and, and got the treat to the end. So well done there. And then following that, tonight our Black Caps take on a team that Coach Matthew Hayden has been quoted no one wants to face, I'm sure, the Kiwis. The Black Caps want to face them. Uh, England face the high-flying India as well. And so Bears, our old skip, McCallum, will join the show just after 8 o'clock. So looking forward to having a chat to him, getting an update of where he's at and uh, how he's tracking. What next for him? When's he off? Hell of a holiday he's got at the moment. <laughs> is he still is? He'd be, he'd be plugged in, wouldn't he? Working? No chance. Remotely? Oh, what does that look like? You With this? He'd be, in, he'd be at the desk every morning, wouldn't he? Oh, what, tuning in? Yeah, talking to, you know, Rob Key and the bosses up there in England. Oh, what's that? He'd be sleeping, <laughs> mate. That's what he'd mate, be doing. Mate, what's that? <laughs> mate, just, he'll you have don't s- want to do too much. You keep chipping away. You keep just planting seeds. He'll mate. have some mail for today, I reckon, because a couple of the lads you go on the donk with have some nice horses in today. Mm. Who was it, Shane Kennedy? Yeah, Shane and Kennedy a and a furlong team have got a couple of nice ones in it at uh, Copeland's Bakery Mile Day at Rickerton, which is uh, the next stop for the carnival down here, the Cup Week Carnival. Um, very even fields, mm. very even fields. I know we'll have some punters that will come through on double eight, double three, some tips, but Baz will have something. He'll have something. Surely he'll have something. He's always on the money, that fella. So uh, we're looking forward to having a chat to Baz McCullum after eight o'clock, and then to end the show, we're going to catch up with Majestic Horse Floats uh, CEO Ward Austin to end the show. Obviously. It was a big old job yesterday. Huge. Huge job trying to, the logistics and getting it all sorted to get these fantastic horses to and from uh, Addington Raceway. It wouldn't be out Majestic Horse Floats. They do a great job. So we're going to have a catch up with Ward Austin to end the show. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Uh, throughout the morning, some texts are coming in already from Mark. He said, morning boys, well done on yesterday's Cup Day coverage. It was so good not having to pull over every 40-odd minutes and get the Sky Go app up on my phone to watch. So thank you, Mark. Louis, Mickey G, doing a good job there. you got Steffi and Clado up in Auckland, so stellar job. But uh, even better, Kennard's High Fine Line. I was at the Kennard's High uh, tent yesterday, Kempi, with Tom and the crew, and their support is awesome. 0800-150-811 on the Kennard's High Phone Line. I was true to my word, Kempi. I was at, what, an hour later? <laughs> Now later than I probably predicted, but I still, true to my word, went there, touched, um, stop touching my buttons, Louis. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you pulling out my plug in and out? No, keep going off I'm just on. fiddling around. That's all right, mate, you keep fiddling. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was there for two hours, and uh, come home, and you put the kids to bed and, and did the right thing, and I feel absolutely amazing today. A bit better than my wife, I tell you. I've had a lot of questions asking if I had to carry her to bed. No, I didn't have to carry her to bed. She made her own way to bed. A bit late, though. 12-hour shift from the girls. And they'll good be effort. hurting today. Good they'll effort. They'll be hurting. But now, good day, Kempi. You have a look? You have a little dabble? Oh, I had a busy day yesterday. Uh, yeah, hari au ki te kura, uh, takiura, uh, ki te rongo, um, ki taku tuahini. I had to go to uh, Wānanga a school, um, Māori school that my daughter had her uh, f- whakapuaki mutunga her end of 
end-of-year speech where she started the year learning te reo Māori and had to stand and talk for one hour on our own um, in te reo, and it was absolutely awesome. So me and my son went there, spent the whole morning there, and then I caught up with a good mate of mine, Sunny Ramaka, mate. Could have been a Kiwi, could have been an All Black. We grew up together down in Taranaki and haven't seen the guy since I was 21 was the last time I've seen him. So it's over it's 30 years ago, mate. It was just like we were kids again. So good to see him. Um, and I and I had a board meeting and I had to, I had to watch the the race on my phone, mate, during a board meeting. So um, that was the only one I got to see yesterday. I was following Louis on social. Yeah. Uh, just watching him because, you know, he's pretty good on socials, Louis, especially with the good oil. He's updating all the time, and it just looked like a really good day down there, Daggy. You did well to get home, mate, I'm telling you. Kennard's <laughs> hire, tent, everything put on for you, and even locked you into the middle of the track, and they yeah. still couldn't keep you there. That is yeah. such an effort to get out. So, mate, I was take adamant. my hat off to you. I was adamant because – I was getting heckled left, right, and centre walking in there, and I was just wasn't really in the mood, so I was just trying to get through, do the mahi, and uh, it was an awesome day out. And we really appreciate Tom and, and the Kinatai crew for what they do for our, our show, show and their support. They've been there from day dot, Kimpy, um, you know, looking after our phone lines. So, yeah, they run a, a big ship, and it was a tough, it was tough leaving, I must say. Because the sun mm. was out, and everyone was having and humming, and I was just like, "This could only end one way." Yeah, and, uh, one way. Louis Aikman's at one AM. Aikman's Louis. Yeah. Louis Tim, <laughs> what was he playing? Uh well, he said he was going to play Old Town Road to get Old Town Road up. So is he a DJ? He's how the kids this? I go to Tim. I'm like, mate, are you a DJ? <laughs> He's like. No man, I'm a Sparky. I was like, what are you? I was like, Tim, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I just got a mate that runs a few of these. He'll be listening, he'll be cracking up. I got a mate that runs a few of these events, and yeah, I just did an event for him. I just do this in my spare time, just a bit of fun. And yeah, just, he said, I've got a couple of cup day gigs if you want them. I just need you to play some of that, play some of that music you're playing at that event. Yeah, that are just kind of it's in the gate when people are walking through. He's like, yeah, sweet. He's in there with his fedora. <laughs> I'm walking past him. Louis! Tim! Okay, Tim! <laughs> I was like, you play Daryl Braithwaite horses? He's like, yeah, probably not. Oh, my Lord. I did not predict it. But that's the best thing about the show is you meet all your listeners out there, Kempi. I know you get it as well. And you just put, you know, your face to names and it all makes sense. Because when you, you know, you're on the text, we've had Cam come through. Wouldn't know what he looks like from a bar so. <laughs> But, you know, he, he, he input to the show and send him through some nice wee tips. And obviously, was that Joe's horse yesterday, Master Smarty? Oh, Jay, Joe's Smarty. one ran home, mate. Yeah, that's That right. was Joe's horse, eh? It yeah, was. so did you guys hear, hear this? No, you probably didn't, but I, I think it is Joe's horse or it's his mate's horse. I kind of, I'm a bit lost on that. He'll, he'll let us know. How's this, though? So Mr. Smarty initially ran second by a nose. Mm. For we had it top two in our punters clubs. So we were at that stage while we were still winning. We were pretty happy. So Joe's had a big win bet on it. And then he's essentially been paid out for because there was a protest. So he, oh, so no, he, what he's done, he, he backed Sinbad as well. I think he backed Sinbad and Mr. Smarty because he backed Sinbad as the cover bet. 
Sinbad won, so it was the first past the post. The TAB have the first past the post promo, so it's like even if there's an inquiry, you get paid. And then there was an inquiry, and then Mr. Smarty has the results been overturned, and Mr. Smarty has been elevated to first. So Joe's won twice on the same race. No, he's got two wins. No, I've never ever heard of that. I've never seen it happen. I've never heard of someone oh. backing both horses that were via promotion got two win collects. Joe, is that? <laughs> have I got that right? Is that what you were saying yesterday? Because if so, that is. So good. That is a new way to scheme the bookies that I've just never come across. <laughs> they will be we're in the TAB uh, hub down here in, in Christchurch. They will be livid with that. But how good? That's that's true to the word. The same true. And, and that's what I love about the TAB at the moment. They're offering, uh, you know, services for our punters that are they're enticing and encouraging them to to have a wee dabble. And and that you know it's leaning. You look at the casses, everything's leaning towards the casino always winning. But the TAB they're making it an even playing field, and it's great. Well, like, and then as Kempi, we've spoken about it a couple of times. They're going to have to. They are serious about geo blocking, and they're serious about the future of the industry. And I know you've had mm. some conversations with mm. uh, Bruce Sharrick, and look, it's there's a the stars are aligning, but there's still a lot of skepticism from punters about when you take that competition away. Will there still be that same urge and that same desire to look after the punters? Here comes Joe from Gizzy. So we'll get Joe from Gizzy and he'll he'll clarify that. Uh, in the meantime, Joe, we may as well, our Joe, Joe in the kitchen, we may as well kick off with a bit of a can't wait. Can't wait question of the day. Right. Well, this starts with Kempi and then we'll move from there. <laughs> Don't Cut get him up, out, mate. Don't wind him up. Cut okay. it out. Sitting too close together. Move apart. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Nothing like that, Kippy. No, I'm actually serious, though. My can't wait question of the day is, who's, who do you think the most disrespected sports team is? Who do you think the most disrespected sports team is either in the world, in New Zealand? I don't really care. Double eight, double three, 0800 Eight eleven, the Kennard's higher phone line. Like, as in this team always wins, they always perform, but for whatever reason they don't get the credit. Or the bookies always price them. Like, there's so many disrespected good horses that you just see go around every weekend that run honest races at big prices, but for whatever reason they can't get backings back. You know, the, the bookies just always have them at a nice price. What about sports teams? And, a, lot, a lot where you're going here. And, and where I am going here is, and you, you pointed it out to me this morning, Izzy. How's this? And Kibby, you've probably seen it. The Rugby League World Cup organisers booked New Zealand on a flight out of England the day after their semi-final against Australia. <laughs> How's that for a punt? <laughs> they have literally... It's a kick in the guts. So the, the context is that they had to book flights to hold them before the event. So they needed to kind of predict where they thought teams would... So this has already stung them $10,000 having to rebook flights when Samoa beat Tonga. And it's going to sting them a similar amount if the Kiwis beat Australia in the weekend. And it just got me thinking, how disrespectful is that to the Kiwis? Like, I mean, I know they've got to do it, but a lot of people are calling them the pre-tournament favourites. Like, why not put Australia in that slot? Well, I hope Aussie have to fly to New Zealand and get on the connecting. <laughs> would that be? It ain't, the, f- it, ain't the the first, it ain't the first time... It ain't the first time, it will not be the last time that something like that happens. And especially in rugby league, Louis. So it's a great question. Great question. Okay. 
Mull on at Kempe, because and I know and I we've spoken about it before, so I knew you'd be up and about around it. It, it is a, a version of disrespect, but what version of disrespect have you noticed for a sports team? Who's the most disrespected sports team around the country? And I promise I won't say the Crusaders. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven or double eight double three the Kenards High Phone Line. We are here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day, and we'll get to your messages here on double eight double three about a great day. And Joe from Gizzy, <laughs> you just hold there, mate. We'll get to you just after this. Radio, we are 26 minutes past 6 o'clock, and I'm asking you if your most disrespected teams in sport are after the Kiwis have been booked on a flight <laughs> the day after their semi-finalings in Australia. This is the such a rugby league situation, Kempe. Hold your thought. Izzy, in a couple of words, who's your most disrespected team? Hawks Bay Magpies, so disrespected <laughs> from the Hurricanes <laughs> and the Wellington region. The respect that they get have been shown from a, from a franchise that's in their own backyard is... Awful, awful, unacceptable. A, a union that produces so many stars that it had to be going away to Highlanders. It's it's a good thing for New Zealand rugby. Highlanders, the Crusaders, the Chiefs. You look at it, and their own backyard. They can't keep their own in their own backyard. I just think they're the most disrespected union in New Zealand rugby at the moment. And that's not just because I'm from there. Well, it might be because of maybe it's because I got chucked in the draft and they didn't look after me, but. Yeah, I'd say Hawks maybe. Personal experience. Great stuff. Kempi, we're going to come back to you to wind up in just a bit, but this bloke has already wound up. Oh, Joe, give, me, give me a loan, Joe. Talk to us, Joe. Far out. Oh, mate, outstanding day yesterday. Boys gave you a few <laughs> tips. You should have got on. Got thought of got a big fill up there. Most disrespected teams in sport, probably being East Coast. They booked the buses on the wrong day out here, cousin. Never mind booking the plane. But, uh, right. Right, Mr. Smarty and Sinbad as a cover bet got double bubble, gentlemen. So absolutely oh flying Lord. after that. Got into Republican Party, you know, picked up a bit of chump change there because that was the banker of the day. <laughs> and then, and then I gave you boys, I gave you boys. Hey, midnight dash as our yeah, uh, top Ricardo and them. <laughs> they didn't play ball, but Vinky B. How about how about oh. Mickey G going to talk to? Uh, Going to talk to Natalie Rasmussen and saying, Vinky B had an abscess, just get on. Well, we got yeah. on and we got paid at Vinky B. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And then uh, got $4 worth of the first four in the cup. Spank him. I had spank him. Couldn't go past copy that in my first four. Threw in a cooter, right, and threw in the dirty Aussies. Boom, $4 worth of that. And got out on here's Herbie. On a bit of the day from uh, Greg O'Connor, oh. had an absolute fill-up, gentlemen. Oh, what a day. Joe, what Joe, a day. Get yourself you on the plane, the Joe. Get to Christchurch. Hey, hey, Joe, just quickly before you go, I'm, uh, I'm in Gizzy yep. on, the, on the 17th, mate. I'll, uh, you'll shout for lunch. Mate, eh? Yeah, mate, I'll flick you my deets, brother. I'll take you out for lunch. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll hook up. We'll hook up, Izzy. Me, brother. Awesome. Perfect, well Joe. Done. And Joe, what Joe's done there is he's followed. That is a listener because he he's right. He's picked Vinka B. Greg O'Connor spoke to Natalie Rasmussen. She said, "Forget last start. We got sixteens and fours there, and it ran second to nose." So Joe's been a very loyal listener throughout the day. Good to hear from you, Joe. Right, Kempi, most disrespected team in sport, in your opinion? Well, obviously it's the the Kiwis currently with that news that came out yesterday. But mate, they put him in. They put them in terrible hotels, always have done, you know, give them the worst fields to train on, and the and the English and the Australians have treated them like that for years. So was I surprised when I read that? No, not at all. Not at all. Was I surprised that it came out before the semi-final? Not at all. 
Hundred percent. That's what they want. They want an English Australian Grand um, Grand Final, World Cup Final. So, mate, the Kiwi boys, they're, they're used to it. They'll get they'll get up for it. The Kiwi Ferns haven't even been mentioned. How many World Cups they've won, and they're playing a World Cup up there. It's all the Black Ferns at the moment. They're disrespectful, disrespected as well. But the most dis- disrespected people in rugby league are the unions. They don't even get a say in the sport. That's disrespectful. MP on the other side, I'd be plastering that all over my hotel team room for the boys just to really find that inner something. When you're looking for something, you can imagine quiet, go plaster that around the hotel room and just get those boys walking every single day going, we're not going, we're not leaving. No one, believes in, no one believes no in one you. No one believes in you. No one believes. You know how we were looking for that magic? You know how we were looking for that magic? They just yep. handed it to us on a platter. There you go, mate. Applaud them. Applaud them. Thank you very Applaud much. Applaud them. Uh, motivation comes in different forms. And yeah, well, Brad's got me motivated. Mm. <laughs> Isn't <Don't> he? <laughs> Brad. You're doing golf amateurs are starting today down in Dunedin. My question is, where is Daggy? He epitomizes amateur golf. Well, Brad, Brad, without a word of a lie, Brad, without a word of a lie, because I know you were interested yesterday, he's still at Eddington Raceway. <laughs> He's still at Eddington Raceway. We are sitting about 200 metres from it. Uh, Good to hear from you, Brad. Okay, double eight, double three. Who's the most, who is the most disrespected team in sport? We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we've got the Didham boys on double eight, double three. We better get to that text message after Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. SNZ 27 away from 7 o'clock this morning. Your text on double eight double three. The Temple Bed Post text machine are steaming and we'll get to those in just a second. Hey, uh, oh, some sports headlines from around the world. Yeah, this sale of Liverpool is genuine. It looks like they are looking for new shareholders. We're going to find out a little bit more about that after 7 o'clock this morning. Copy that. Won the New Zealand Trotting Cup back-to-back for the champ. Ray Green, the mastermind behind the operation. And Blair Orange, the genius in the sulky, stole it. Up front, again, very sharp drive by Blair Orange. Um, the Black Caps tonight, well, yeah. More World Cup semi-final action. Again, the Black Caps. All they do is make World Cup semi-finals and finals. It's just like, what do they say? History never repeats? Or wait, history does repeat. And the All Blacks, they're up in Scotland. Richie Moonga, well, he knows a good team when he sees one. Oh, I love Finn. Um, you know, the last couple of years he's been my favourite 10 in the world. He's someone that can play all types of games, his kicking, his running, his passing. We played against um, each other in club level and crush it, so uh, we go way, way back. Finn Russell, club level and crush it. Yeah, mate. Yeah, he was, well, he was here. He was running around for the academy. Uh, he came down and, you know, they bring a lot of international players to the Crusaders Academy. Yeah. yeah he was here for a year. And, Is that uh, right? Yeah, mate, running around and and met him a couple of times when he was, when he was down here and just said, yeah, like a little skinny little, yeah. small little you know, fellow on the rugby field. But, but you wouldn't miss him with that accent. Nah, and then just going on to have an absolute stellar career. So yeah, he was here for a year. How good. Amazing. And um, speaking of Scotland, Rory Lawson, 
Uh, I think he's capped about 30-odd times. He's on the Barbarians Committee. He's joining the show tomorrow after 7 a.m. to preview the Barbars this weekend and that Scottish Test match at Bunnings Trade, helping businesses our trade, making your job easier. Because business is our trade. Those are your headlines there. And um, Tim... Louis, Louis, couple. Yeah. Couple here. Anthony Seabold, the new Manly coach. But Uh, the bigger one, the bigger one was Brett Hodgson, the Hull FC Hull Rugby League team, just mm-hmm. been named as a defensive coach for England Rugby Union. Ooh. Hodge. So, so Seabold was a defensive coach. He's gone to Manly, and they've replaced him with Brett Hodgson, played for, played for West Tigers, if you remember, at fullback. Kempi, just on that Seabold situation, um, right foot, right foot for, for Anthony Seabold, like the Manly, obviously what went on, with that switch with Wayne Bennett when he was at the Rabbitohs, took him to the Broncos and everything just went absolutely pear-shaped. Is this another opportunity to revive his coaching career? Good fit for Manly? Uh, you know what, when I read that, Izzy, I felt really sorry for Desi Hasler because I thought he did a really good job about the the um, Pride jersey. And they, yeah. they, they blame Poorly him. handled, eh, Kempe? I just think it's the whole thing's been poorly handled. And Des Hasler's a... I think he picks up another gig. That's no worries at all. Anthony Seabold, mate... Um, Q's in the rack. I can't pull it out yet. Like he's he's had a terrible time up in Brisbane, and yep. to, and you know it's been all around the place. Newcastle over to England, and now gets the top job at Manly. Q's in the rack. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's an interesting one, eh? Like just what we know on, and look, everyone needs us uh, deserves a second chance. But she was pretty ugly there at the Broncos for a while there. So this is an opportunity for him to revive his coaching career. And you look at that Manly squad. Man, they had a premiership winning squad, and this is obviously why they've done it. Mm. The, uh, you know, Desi has the what went on with the Pride jersey, just kind of lost its way there and the connections with the group, and, and they've even still come out and, and the, and the Seagulls. Do you reckon they're going to continue with the, the Pride jersey? Because a lot of those players have still continued to say that they won't play. Yeah, look, I think, I think the NRL needs to take that one into, into uh, their basket, and they need to probably make it... You know, if they're going to do a, well, I've got no problem with it personally. Um, everyone's you know yeah, yeah. got their way of, of handling these things, but I think if you're going to just like women in league, how they do that, um, I think the NRL need to put it into their basket and roll it out um, as their co-papa, or we fix yeah. everything. Yeah, we'll watch this space. You got a couple of text messages there, Louis. I do. Leeds United says Kevin is most disrespected team. Uh, Tim wants them to plaster that. Newspaper all over the dressing rooms, as you pointed out, <laughs> Izzy, which is the classic. Uh, J-Mac and Scotty Dixon are disrespected in their fields. I don't think J-Mac's disrespected anymore, Kurt, to be honest. I think he's revered. And congratulations to J-Mac and Caitlin, by the way. Yeah. Little baby J-Mac, um, a delightful little girl. Little Evie. Yep, little Evie, nice name. And, um, well, well-bred, blue bud. And Flightline retired to stud, someone said yesterday. Mm. Yeah, wow, we Flightline, the best horse that in the world. is... Astronomical, those figures you were talking to me about, Louis. Yeah, about 200. So 2.5% of the horse was sold for about $7.5 million, which I think <laughs> means that this is New Zealand. I think the horse would be valued, Kempi, at about 260 or $270 million. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. That is that is actually insane when you think about it. Like That's like generational wealth in horse flesh. So he's going to go to start and hopefully do a I job. Watched it, I watched it race at, is phenomenal. Like it just brains every single horse. But and do you know that the crazy thing about it is, you know, like we've all seen a horse win by ten lengths or fifteen lengths before. 
But this horse was doing it against horses that were Group One horses, and he was so that what they were doing to beat him is they were trying to go crazy fast. So he was running these races at an insane tempo, and then still getting in the straight, and then going, <laughs> just skirting <laughs> away from them. It's kind of impossible, really. Um, that's why the Denim Boys. Morning, lads. Lovely morning here at Rickett and Track. Get out. Stakes the growler each way eight dollars fifty gold coin on we'll get back from the barrier but look for him late good luck hey Denim lads what's their track conditions like this morning um it's a little bit windy this morning have they been able to irrigate it it's listed as a soft five if you just want to come through with some mail there on how the track is if you're out at Rickerton uh, Cam says race three at Rickerton Betty Spaghetti each way race eight Escalade each way I had a look at Escalade. Um, Cam, I'm just a little bit worried. I think the track is really hard. And you want horses today that have good track form for sure. And um, just my first look at Escalade, it looks like it's more on... But then you, know, you, don't, want to be, you don't want to be doubting Dummy Myers, do you? So I, I, I could be wrong there, mate. It's definitely not a bad chance. Uh, Louis, can't believe Express Cope in the second. I reckon is paying $9. Flew home on the first day. Good luck today. Grant in the Tron. Good on you, Grant. And yeah, the BGP crew have had a massive go at He's a Doozy at $5.50, is he? See that? Kempy? No, 60k. No, 60k on a $5.50 shot to drop the odds back to 380 So they're just, TAB's a little bit worried there. Man, that is. Ooh, I hope the boys get it Come done. on. I hope they get it done. They had a 60k profit yesterday. Yeah, they. how's this? Matt, Matty Markham, who's going to be with us on the, the Good Oil of the Weekend, he put it one of those make your own power plays together i'll see if i can bring it up for the cup this is elite tipping oh that was phenomenal like top fives top eights yeah i think it was self-assured top five spank him top five copy that top three and bd joe top eight mm. that is elite tipping and it was that uh, so whatever the they're decent odds as well um all in one race can't wait to get down to record today and, and continue on with cup lake Cup week, and I also can't wait for Quizzy Dag. Quizzy Dag, is it that time already? Man, time's flying, Kimpy. You got those? You got those clues ready? Uh, it's, my, I'll tell you what. The first clue, I hope, I hope someone answers the answer because I can't get a clue for this one. <laughs> it is tough. <laughs> oh. Anton. Anton wants to go first. All right, Anton, you're up first, brother. Double 0800-150-811 on the Ken Artire phone line to take on the Quizmaster. I'm on one today, so good luck. Back soon. This is how you do it. Quizzy, they come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, give us a call, and the callers have called. Well, Tony from Auckland, you're number five at the moment, so hopefully you're off the whatipaku the toilet by then, my brother. Hope you're having a good day. Anton from Auckland, you're up first. Morning, Anton. Morena, boys. How are we? 
<laughs> very, very good, mate. Did you have a wee win yesterday, anything? Yeah, I got a little three-legger there. Yeah, Had, a little uh, three-legger. Party. Here's Herbie and, uh, oh, I can't remember what his name was, to run a place. Nice, About 43s or something. Good stuff. Well done, well done. Mate. I can't even get a two-legger, let alone a three-legger. Well done. <laughs> Anyway, good luck to you today, mate. Hopefully that little $50 TAB bonus bet will give you another wee dabble. Here we go. Question number one. Kiwi track cyclist Sam Webster has just retired from the sport. Name one of the other two riders involved in the New Zealand Sprints trio alongside him. <laughs> uh, cycling ain't my thing, bro. Um, I'll have to... I don't want to waste my clues, so I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> the legend of a show, Gatesy, right? Who? Aaron Gates? Aaron Gates. No. no, 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 no. It's not Aaron Gates. Sorry, brother. Kempi, you got that clue ready? I think you're going to, going to need it. Anyway, question. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> we're going to go to John from Christchurch. Morning, John. G'day, fellas. How you doing today? We're doing great, mate. Did you venture out to Eddington yesterday? No, I had to work. I had a couple of bits I made. I had a nice week on uh, Majestic Man, so um, that was actually uh, pretty good, actually. Oh. But a uh, great day for it, wasn't it? How'd you pick the $12 did, shot? Did everybody win apart from me? Yeah. And you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Majestic <laughs> Man, that's a hell of an odds. Yeah, no, it's good. Good win, actually. It's um, a pretty consistent horse, actually, and it pops up. It's one of those horses that pops up when it shouldn't get on, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, nice one actually, mate. It was good. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Well, good luck today. Uh, Kiwi track cyclist Sam Webster has just retired from the sport. Name one of the other two riders involved in the New Zealand Sprints trio alongside him. Yeah, well, I was going to say, well, I should actually. You know, let's have a clue, Kippy. You see how you go on your clue, mate. Uh, yep, they call him Dawkins. Oh, Dawkins, Dawkins Lewis. Dawkins. Dawkins. Eddie Dawkins is correct. <laughs> Well done. Did you use clue. that clue? Did you did you use that clue? I'm just unsure. Ah, okay, okay, okay. I feel you. Yeah, now you're halfway through saying it. Say Dobbs keep. We'll give you that one. Here we go. Which one of New Zealand star Paralympic athletes has just received their damehood after COVID delays? Sophie Pasco. Sophie Pasco is correct. Well done. Well done. Question number three. The Pumas upset the English 30-29 at Twickenham Stadium. Before this, when was the last time Argentina had beaten England? The year the year after the Kiwis won the World Cup. Oh, Twenty twelve is incorrect. Sorry, John. Have a good day, mate. Cam. Morning, Cam. Morning, fellas. How we doing? Is this tips to Cam, is it? No, no. Cam from Blenheim. Oh, beautiful. Cam from Blenheim. No doubt you have some tips for us as well. But anyway, Pumas upset English 30-29. What year did they last beat England? Uh, go with your clue, Kempi. I'm just going to go 2009. 2009 is correct. Question number four. This weekend, our Kiwi Ferns take on Australia in the Women's Rugby League World Cup semi-finals. Which two teams are competing in the other semi-final? 
Oh. Can I have a clue, please? Same as the men. Oh, England and Samoa. Beautiful. England Samoa is correct. Question number five, mate. Good luck. Copy that. Driven by Blair Orange has won the New Zealand Trotting Cup for the second year in a row. Who has copy, copy that, sorry. Copy that's trainer. Uh, Ray? Ray, oh. Takariki. Oh, I can't remember his last name. What colour? I can't remember his last name. Ray, what oh. colour? Takariki. Oh, Ray Orange. <laughs> oh, no! 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 Flea Orange was the driver. Sorry. Sorry, Cammy. Have a good day, brother. Jade from Hamilton. Sorry, brother. I, I want to give it to you, Cammy. Oh, I want to because you're so close, but no, you, you just got it mixed up. Halfway there. Copy that. Jade. Who was the trainer of Copy Morning, that? Boys. <laughs> Jade. Ray, Ray Green Ray Green is the trainer Blair Orange was the driver Oh sorry Cammy, But well done Jay Congratulations that is, you know what? That's so unfortunate. That's so unfortunate. Well done, Jan. It's so unfortunate because I hadn't even considered the fact that orange is yeah. also a colour. Orange is a colour and Blair was on top. Oh, man. That is sad. You walked him straight into that one. <laughs> Kakariki, come on. Wowie. Well done, Jay. Just swanned it at the right time. Dictionary first clue. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> uh, right, we'll get some of your texts on the other side. Lots of text messages. Good to see you up and early. And I was getting Kempi for breakfast. This is ZCNZ back soon. SCNZ, we have got the business of football reporter out of Liverpool coming on just after uh, 7 o'clock to talk about Liverpool and the sale of the club. I've also got a couple of text messages here. One from Pat, all class in the motorsport at the Halberg Awards are totally disrespected. Yeah, he loud and clear there. Pat and Marshy says, hey boys, rock and roll dude didn't come to the party, eh? Copy that. Copy that, uh, Louis and Kempe. No. Rock and roll dude didn't come to the party. It was out the back, and that was the end of its cup day. Oh, we didn't see the best. We're going to come back. Rock and roll dude? I'd say if he gets a good draw on Friday in the free-for-all, he'd be really hard to beat. Okay. He'd be hard to beat come Friday. Didn't fire yesterday, but maybe Friday is his day. Dave Pohl coming up. Uh, business of football right at Liverpool Echo. We'll get a bit update about that. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building. Chemist Warehouse November catalogue and find Aramis 110 mil for just 54.99. Save 20%. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning, Izzy Kempe with a spice of uh, Lily Herman Watt to bring you all the sport and reaction from the last couple of days and particularly the yesterday's race day, Eddington Raceway Cup Day. Copy that, Ray Green, Blue Orange Driven, second year running and just getting the job done for the Kiwis. Copy that, $1.5 million in stakes wins. Now, for the champion harness horse, how good is that? Coming up, we're going to talk to uh, Liverpool correspondent um, Dave Powell. Powell, sorry, Dave Powell. He's going to give us a little update what's going on there. Following that, we're going to talk to Greg O'Connor about yesterday's race meet. But Baz McCullum coming up after 8 o'clock. And our question of the day earlier, who is the most disrespected team in world sport, in sport? Just coming off after the news, the Kiwis, well, their flights are booked after the semi-final from the World Cup team, and Kempe's come in and off the back fence and said that the Kiwis are the most disrespected team, followed by the uh, the Kiwi Ferns, who are playing their semi-final this weekend, taking on Australia. That is going to be a big old match-up. Women's sport is flying at the moment. Uh, how good. How good. I'll just read this message here from Mark. Morena lads and Aroha. Hope the day started well. And the pockets are full. November is going strong, lads. I have a wee challenge if anyone is up for it. Any Quizzy Dag winners for the month of November, donate the winnings to the SCNZ Movember page. If I manage to snag one and win, I will be doing this. It's a hell of a call there, Marky. Mark from Tauranga, the Hulk. Love it, love it. If you win the Quizzy Dag, donate the winnings to SCNZ Movember page. Oof. Hell of a call, and I love it, mate. You're always about giving back there, Marky. You're one of the good guys. Really, really appreciate your support and what you do to charities that deserve the help around the country and around the world, mate. Keep up the great work. But right now, we're going to talk some football. Reports surfaced yesterday that the club, that the owners of Liverpool were open to selling the great English club. It was news that seemingly came out of nowhere, but apparently there have been uh, murmurs about this for months. David Pohl, uh, Pohl, is the business football correspondent for Liverpool Echo and has been providing some excellent coverage on this story. He's been kind enough to join us this morning to and explain what in the world is going on with Liverpool. Good, good evening, Dave. Thanks for joining us. Good, e- good evening, guys. Thanks for having me on. Evening, it's morning where you are, evening where I am. Yeah, she's morning. She's been a busy old morning already, mate. We're recovering <laughs> from a big race meeting yesterday here down under. But, mate, big news. How long has this rumour been circling that FSG, the owners of Liverpool, have been looking to put the club on the market? Um, well, I think they've always been open to someone making them a ridiculous offer for the for the team. Um, but it's it, it kind of came out of the blue in terms that they were open to, to selling the team and, and putting it on the market yesterday. But um, they had been engaged with... Um, two of the big US banks, Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs, um, for about a year and a half about trying to find minority investors to take a stake uh, in the team. Um, that's now kicked on to to potentially open themselves up to a full takeover, although it's just exploratory at the moment. There's no no commitment to, to kind of getting rid of the team. I mean, it, it remains the most valuable asset that they have in their portfolio, which also includes the, the Boston Red Sox and, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. The, they own a NASCAR team, and they're also looking to add an NBA team in the next couple of years. Um, but it, it's it's 
probably a few things which have, have probably come into their thinking in terms of the Super League that never happened, um, the Chelsea sale earlier this year probably piqued the interest of, of a few investors. They went for a big price. Um, and also, there is pressure on them to carry on spending to the level of, of Manchester City and, uh, and and coming up on the, on the behind Newcastle. So, um, I think it's just exploring it at this stage. I still think that they'll probably try and seek minority investment mm. if it was available. But what they're doing, I think, is just seeing if anyone is willing out there to to make them an offer where they'll cash out. So, so Dave, you you, you honestly think that if if SG, it's not really about putting them on the market. It's about seeing whether or not and and laying their cards on the table. There are people that out there that want to invest in Liverpool. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the impression I get. It's a um, there, there is the US market is absolutely booming for for football right now. You've got the World Cup in twenty twenty six. The MLS is flying, uh, and there's a load of capital in the US, um, which is kind of taking the place of Chinese capital that kind of dis- has disappeared slightly from the market after the kind of the Chinese domestic leagues fallen back. The economy struggled, but US try US investors see the. Um, the trajectory of valuations of football teams heading in only one direction for the few, next few years, and that's continuing to rise. Um, they think it's heavily under-monetized. They look at the NFL, and, and they, they think it can be on a par with that. I mean, the NFL has um, a smaller fan, a smaller cumulative fan base, but generates higher revenues. And, and when you've got the biggest global sporting economy in football, they, they think there, there are ways to try and um, make that gap up. But I'd, I think that they would, FSG will know that. They'll know that there is continued value in holding on to Liverpool. Um, and if they left now, I think they would leave some money on the table. But they also have other things to think about. I mean, they have expansion franchise they want to buy in the NBA in the next two years, which I believe LeBron James will probably front. That'll be in Las Vegas, I think. Um, and then you've you've got other, other growth aspects. And also, do they have the appetite to, to carry on trying to spend like they'll have to spend in the next couple of couple of years to keep keep pace in Manchester City? But I do think they will have to leave some money on the table if they sell, even though they'll sell at a huge price if they did, um, purely because valuations are going to continue to rise over the next three or four years. What are you, what are you expecting uh, if they did sell the club as a whole and they went away from minority investors? What are we expecting? I think Chelsea, would they go for $4.15 billion, I think it was? Yeah, it was about two and a half billion for the actual club, and then there was a commitment of another one point seven five, I think, for infrastructure redevelopment. And if you've ever been to Stamford Bridge, it is a ground which is in desperate need of um, redevelopment. <clears throat> Liverpool's Anfield Stadium was when FSG arrived, and to be fair, and to, and to their credit, they've redeveloped the stadium. It's it's now a you know it's a world class stadium now, um, but. There was a huge amount of interest in Chelsea when they were put on the market. That sale was obviously expedited because um, Roman Abramovich, his assets were frozen. They were facing a ticking clock and to try and keep the, the football club solvent because obviously they couldn't rely on his wealth to prop them up when his assets were frozen. Um, so that was slightly different, but there was enormous interest in that. I imagine a lot of the players who were in the race for that will probably try and show their hand at some stage Um or at least try and fight, try and test the water with FSG. But a lot of these guys know um, FSG well, and, and 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 the major players in FSG well. So um, they this this probably wouldn't have been such a shock to them because they would have known that they were searching for investors. But I think the usual suspects will be uh, in and around there. I know Jim Ratcliffe has ruled himself out, but there'll be um, US. 
consortia are interested and, and there'll probably be interest from from um, kind of the MENA region so Dubai the Middle East um, Bahrain etc but it's all dependent on um, who comes in because I think FSG will want to leave some kind of a positive legacy so and obviously Liverpool's a city which um, values its um, uh, social moral and ethical code so um, I imagine that you know any uh, any countries which have kind of questionable human rights um, etc that'll be mm. scrutinized heavily so that's a major consideration for them and if if and if they do to choose to sell yeah, there's some, there's a legacy there, isn't there, Dave, and, and a history with, that comes along with Liverpool. So, is, is it is it about um, raising income, or is Liverpool like you know Manchester City, those top clubs? Are they are they profitable year in year out, or or they they're actually struggling to raise that income currently? Um, Liverpool are. Uh, I mean. If, if you look at it in the cold, hard light of day as a business, I mean, it's a successful business. I mean, I think they'll probably post revenues. They've not announced their accounts yet. That'll probably happen early next year. But they've probably post revenues of north of 600 million, profit of probably north of 70 million, which um, is, is a strong performance. They were one of the better, better performers during COVID. They limited their losses, whereas some teams were hemorrhaging money left, right and centre. Um, Liverpool managed to to kind of maintain, you know, kind of keep their costs down to the detriment of their activity in the transfer market. It must be said, but um, but they managed to keep costs down. But so they're a profitable football team, and they're but they there could be various reasons for raising um, capital through through selling shares. It could it could be to fund movement in the transfer market, or it could be simply to cash out some of their shareholding in Liverpool and maybe put it towards some kind of growth for, for FSG, so maybe a new team. But um, but they are a profitable team. Their balance sheet's really healthy, got great commercial deals, a huge fan base which has touch points at every corner of the globe, really. Um, so it will be an extremely attractive proposition. Yeah, that's another question here, the fan. What, what have the fans had to say about this? And, and just another quick question. What type of impact... Do these sales have on the competition as a whole? Is it is it seen as a good thing for the competition and and people buying in it, or is it is it turning into a nasty situation where owners are probably getting a, a little bit greedy? Do you feel like it's a good impact or a negative impact? Um, I think there's the, it's almost that the owners are stuck between a rock and a hard place because um, obviously they, the biggest clubs have to try and spend to, to keep pace with, um, you know, nation states and sovereign wealth funds who have unlimited independent wealth. Um, and they also have to try and do things slightly differently. So, so the idea of Moneyball is something which Liverpool um, kind of championed and it's something which has been delivered great success, but ultimately there is, they still have the challenge of, um, trying to keep pace with, with 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 Manchester City, but I think the fans that fans want to see um, their their owners spend money. Um, the transfer market is the um, the the be all and end all, and that's that's supporters' prerogative. You know, fans support the team; they don't support ownership. They just want to see the best players um, play for their team, and that's understandable. But obviously, these things have to be paid for. U.S. owners tend to have a bit more control, a bit more kind of a conservative cost control. Um, so there would be a move towards, I think US ownership brings it more sustainability because they watch the bottom line a bit more. Um, but the, the flip side of that is that, um, 
maybe the aspirations of fans in the transfer market haven't been met. And that's something which FSG have had major criticism over is that they've probably not taken enough risks um, at, at key points in, in transfer windows when Liverpool could have hammered home their advantage that they held over teams because for a period of 18 months they were the, the best team in the world when they won the Champions League and they won the Premier League in, in that spell. Um, but they they didn't really um, stamp their authority after that Premier League winning season. Obviously, COVID happened. They were they were concerned about losses, etc. But um, there, were, there was a significant lack of big signings until... January this year when they signed Diaz and then obviously in the summer Nunes but um, I think fans have become a bit exasperated by the lack of activity in the transfer market but sometimes it's um, a case of uh, the grass isn't always greener. Hey Dave, what's a threat to the EPL on this on this ownership model where you've got overseas investors, the Americans, um, the Asians coming in, the rich listers and purchasing EPL clubs and taking away that history that the the EPL has been um, has been built on. Is there a risk of losing that? Um, it's an interesting question because um, the, I don't think there's any appetite from um, the clubs aside from Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus to to go into a Super League as was presented. But I think that um, US ownership, um, in particular, views that the the structure of European football. Um, can change or needs to change in some way, shape or form um, to kind of move with the times, whether that's them working with the leagues to try and find better ways of um, of, of monetising uh, the live event or, or, or whether it's a case of them streamlining competitions to make it more appealing to, uh, to kind of a broader audience. Um, that's something which is, you know, that's that's up for discussion. I think there are structural changes which some US owners would like to see brought in, but not necessarily ripping it all up and going off on their own and creating the Super League again. I think the appetite for that now is among many of the big teams. Certainly, at Liverpool is pretty much zero, um, given the, the the fallout that occurred last year. But um, but there are, you know, that they, they, they are major players. They are. Used to, I think they see US sport as being around two decades ahead of um, European football, the way it's monetized. I mean, so they they think they can bring a lot to the table in, in terms of how you scale the Premier League further. So, but what that means, it look the Premier League looks like in in five, ten, fifteen years. I don't know, but I do think you know there, there will be change. I thought that's just the way you know we are as as humans. It's the way sport is. You know, things never stay the same. If you only have to look back twenty five years and footballs. Um, immeasurably different than it was. So, um, what's you know, there's nothing to say it won't continue to change and, and, and manifest. But that usually falls in line with kind of generational preferences and things like that. I mean, what what I what I cherish from football now might not be what someone who's 16, 17 cherishes from football. So, um, there's a lot up for discussion, and I don't think anyone really has, has the true answer. But I think there will be some leagues who will probably need to work with owners as opposed to uh, work against them. Beautiful, beautiful, Dave. Just quickly, get your crystal crystal ball out. Do you expect the sale? Um, I, if you would have asked me uh, yesterday when it all 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 kicked off, I was um, I, I thought that this was probably it. They were, they were making a major play for it, but I've sat on it for uh, twenty four hours, spoken to a few people. I think that they uh, are open to it for a huge price. But I think ultimately they will know that they'll be leaving a lot of money on the table if they did leave. I think they'll be gone within 
five years. I'm not too sure whether it will be um, in the next twelve months. But again, if I was uh, if I, my gambling um, my gambling history is fairly potted, so, uh, so so read into that what you will. Same. I'm uh, I'm not I'm not a major winner at the uh, at the blackjack table. So, um, but that that's my that's my hunch. Beautiful, mate. We're we're the same. We're with you. We had a horrible day on the punt yesterday, so maybe we'll listen to <laughs> listen to your advice, mate. You're pretty on the money. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Dave. Appreciate it and giving us a little update. Thanks. What's going on at one of the biggest football clubs in the world? Appreciate it, Dave. Take care. Thanks, guys. Take care. Wow, super articulate. That's interesting, eh, Kempi? Because you know how big of a club Liverpool is and what it means to that uh, community up there. One of the one of the best clubs to go and watch a game of football at, mm. and one of the, the the historical clubs that I can just look into that crystal ball and go, what will happen within mm. Liverpool? If they Americanize it, it's like a franchise, isn't it? They, it's yeah. like taking uh, Carl's Junior, <laughs> Carl's Juniors. That's nowhere out of like America and planting it on top of Liverpool, mate. I I just can't see it working. Mm. To to be honest, what do they do? Well, it's delicate. It's it's very it delicate. It's very delicate for um. It's an ecosystem there, as you know, Kimpy. The, the pitch you paint is exactly right, mate. It's fascinating. How articulate was Dave? He explained that really well and the different moving parts there. Smart Brilliant man. stuff. Yep, very, very good, very good. Uh, double eight, double three. Do you think Liverpool will be sold? Or eight hundred one five zero eight eleven on the Kennards higher phone line? Can you see it happening? Kimpy's off the back fence. After this, we're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Copy that. Showed our Kiwi teams in this weekend's finals how to win yesterday by grabbing the bit between its teeth and dominating one of our biggest races in New Zealand. With two semis and a final to be played this weekend, the coaches of our New Zealand team should replay the New Zealand Trotting Cup and just copy that. The ride by Blair Orange showed he understood the amount of talent he had alongside him and how to unleash its full potential on Grand Final Day and on the biggest stage. Copybook tactics were delivered by Copy That's team. Great start, set the pace and tone, kept the pressure on for the entire race and rammed its domination home in the final quarter. All the Black Caps, Black Ferns and the Kiwis need to do is, hmm, hang on, copy that. If ever there was a motivational tool to help our men and ladies teams lift their World Cups, it was handed to us on a platter yesterday at New Zealand's biggest racing carnival. A masterclass from start to finish. And all we need to do is copy that and we will be world champs. With a horse and what led into this week's final? Hmm, guess what this week's theme should be, boys? Copy that, past the 152 in front, Spankham trying to run on, Majestic Cruiser wide around, it's Copy that, two in front from Spankham and Majestic Cruiser, Copy that, he's back to defend his title, and he's done it, Copy that, won the cup by a length from Majestic Cruiser. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Oh, that was outstanding, Kemp, you have me going, and the best thing about that one yesterday, the start. It all comes back to the start. You start well, you give yourself a hell of a chance. Kiwis can't start like they start against Fiji. Get the start right, get plays, lays the foundations to get the job done. Copy that. And do you know the second best <laughs> thing about that, Kempe? 
You know Blair Orange used to be a Canterbury Rugby League representative? I copy that. He did. And he's been a mad league man all his life. That's right. And the way that they prepared him and Ray Green, the coach and the tactician, got that home, boys. So that's my theme for the week. Copybook, eh? Copybook. Textbook. 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 (laughs) Copy that. Copy Copy that. Uh, no, seriously, and like that—that's it. Bumping into Zach and Carter last night, like, oh yeah, they just nicked it again. Yeah, and Blair—he's such a wizard in the sulky. And Greg O'Connor will speak to it. Here's a great question for Greg O'Connor: Why is Blair Orange so good in the sulky? And it's just that innate feeling, being able to rate the horse perfectly. And you're right, Kempi. Bit between the teeth, take the urgency, get the start right, come around them, and then just don't look back. Essentially, just. Win from the front. I love it, Kempi. And can the Black Cap start with it tonight, is he? They have to. Finn Allen is the key. Oh, he's obviously at the top of the order. When you're holding a guy like Martin Gupto out and um, caught up with Laura yesterday and just, and just spoke, and she was obviously just feeling for her husband, I said, man, it's sport, man. Like, you just, some days you're in that opportunity and you have that opportunity, but sometimes someone else comes in. I found it with Ben Smith. I found it with... Dave McKenzie, it's just all part and part of the sport. And now this is Finn's opportunity and this is his time up. They need to start well. And that's what I love about him, just unshackling him. Get him out there and just swing for the rafters. Get off to a good start. Put the, uh, Pakistan under pressure. Shaheen Afridi is the key for Pakistan. And obviously the the, the captain, Babar. Uh, mate, it's going to be a hell of a game tonight. I can't wait. SENZ live. That's where all your T20 World Cup coverage is. Uh, 9pm. Dan McCarty, he will be in all sorts of form with that one. And hopefully they can copy that, Kempi. I love that. That's some of your best work yet. <laughs> Half past seven this morning. Here's other half the news for, yeah, Blair Orange, great Hornby Panthers. He's Tim. There you go. Uh, here's other half the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Aotearoa. <laughs> SCNZ, we're 27 away from 8am this morning. Uh, plenty coming up, including Greg O'Connor to reflect on. Copy that's outstanding back-to-back New Zealand trotting cups. couple of sports headlines with Gull fueling your mission all year round. The All Blacks are up in Edinburgh preparing to take on Scotland and Jace Ryan knows that they need momentum and consistency. Just really challenging the group at the moment to just keep building. On, on performances and in habits, you know, like that's one thing we've really challenged, I think, in the last three months is just not being satisfied where we're at. Wow. Well, you look at the erratic form of the All Blacks in the last 18 months, I can understand why Jace would like to emulate some of that consistency he's been used to in his prior coaching career. So I get that. Uh, tonight, 8.30, the coverage starts of the Black Caps Pakistan semi-final. Daniel McCarty and... The Jav, Grant Elliott. Grant Elliott knows what it's like to be in a semi-final, of course, that famous night at Eden Park. And, well, I guess on the other side of the ledger, England-India, who would you rather play, Kempi Izzy, if I gave you a snap poll, if we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves? I think we got one over India, Kempi. I think if we're going to have a, a really good shot at it, I think India's probably the probably the easier target for us. I think we don't fear them as much as we have that little bit of doubt. You know, I think of Australia. 
we never beat Australia for a long time until that first outing and we pummeled them. Um, England, you know, they've, they've beat us in a couple of big competitions. That'll be in the back of their mind. I think India, what we did to them in the World Cha- uh, Test Championship, I think they'll give them a lot of confidence. So I'd probably be a bit more comfortable taking on India if I was uh, completely honest. For you, Kempi? I tend to agree with you. I think, I think that there'd be those remnants of what's happened in the past lingering in the back of their heads, you know, a little bit of doubt if England do get through to the final we meet them there. Um, but I would never write a Kiwi team off in the final, mate, you know, right from the right from the get-go. They know how to get there. And, you know, a lot we said about Finn too, you know, like it's time that, you know, we've been talking about maybe this legacy is about to end, but it's time for our, our young blokes, our new blokes to step up. This might, yeah. this might be a wonderful time for them to do it. Well, it's a question for Baz, really, isn't it? Mm. Because um, he was destructive at the top of the order and he had to take his chance when he kind of burst onto the scene as a youngster, probably not too dissimilar in age to Finn Allen, actually. And the question, you know, what's going through your mind when you're, you're kind of that you're young, you're brash, you're bold, you've got frosted tips. Are you just going out there and trying to score runs or is there more to it? Well, I, I don't think you have that um, expectation or that, that pressure on you as, as most of the experienced players had. And that's why you look at the guys that have, have been able to do it and the ladies that have been able to stay at the top for a very, very long time in their craft. They're just the unique ones and they're the special ones. They never get comfortable what they did yesterday they're always finding ways to innovate to be better mm. and that's how you stay longer in the game you think of the ones I play with Dan Carter Richard McCall they would add guys chomping at their heels every single day but they found something and that's what that's what sport's all about and when you're young like I think when I was young mate you just yeah like the, you just don't feel the pressure you obviously you've just absolutely fizzed because you're wearing that silver fern on your chest and that's all you want to do growing up as a kid so you just go out there you're not thinking you're not thinking, you're just doing what you do every single time when you run around the backyard or you're hitting that, playing that backyard cricket. You just see ball, hit ball. And that's what Finn's doing at the moment. And uh, he's relishing his opportunity and he's keeping a, an absolute uh, legend on, on the sidelines as in Martin Guptill. As he talks about longevity, Kempe, not too many more that have had more of that stuff than Gary Schofield. Oh, no. Scoey played with Scoey in the back end of my career at Leeds, and and a wonderful player. Played many Test matches against them. If you remember him, he hit the scenes against the great Kiwi teams as an eighteen year old, and used to score those those runaway tries. You know, had a fantastic career. So he's on a, he's on our show today, running it straight this afternoon um, to tune in. We've got him talking about the semi finals. Very vocal up in the UK about his English team and uh, what he thinks about them, but. You know, I think I think what is he saying? The, just listening to Izzy talk, then I remember running out in one final. Um, it was a semi final against Australia, and I looked around the room, and I just looked at the players I was playing alongside, and there was just this massive calm came over the over me. You know, it was like I didn't even have to worry about what I was doing. I just knew that the bloke standing next to me was the bloke I wanted to play alongside. And I think that's the best thing when you're getting through to these games. You know, like the Black Ferns this weekend sold out. Did you hear that this morning? They've yeah, sold out those good. extra tickets. How mean is that? You know, England talked about how, you know, they've got the support up there. Well, how good has New Zealand been getting behind our ladies? Um, mm. And they need to start well. They need to start well, put the pressure on England and make them do things that they, they're not used to because they haven't been put under pressure for a long time. So well, I was so 
So I'm um, looking forward to this weekend. It's uh, it's going to be great, and we've got lots of motivation out there. You know what happened to the Kiwis last night? The Black Ferns, our Black Caps, will do the job. I've got all the faith in them that they need. Yeah, there's that. You just you just walk back the memories there, Kempi. When you're in that huddle, you're in that huddle, and and you if you ever get that you know that privilege or the honour to represent your country, is there is no special feeling. But you look around that huddle, and you're looking around, and you're like. Oh my gosh, that's Richie and that's Dan Carter, they're the best players ever. And then you look over and you've got all the 14, 15 best players in the country right by you. And you're just like, wow, okay, they're going to do their job really well. What are you going to do, Dag? What are you going to do today to know your job? And it just gives you goosebumps, nerves come racing in. It's uh, it's phenomenal. It's it's just a crazy feeling. You got the memories flooding back there. Keep Amazing insight, guys. And I guess that's the uh, beauty of a team sport versus something that's a bit more individual. <laughs> um, and like racing, actually, we spoke to Carter Delgetti about that. You said a couple of really quick texts before we get to Greg O'Connor. No, fill up for me, fellas. I had five horses, and you build your own multi. Copy that win. Majestic Cruiser top eight. Self assured top five. Akuda top five. An Old Town Road top five. Old Town Road ran six. I lived to punt another day, Ian. Yep, hard luck, mate. And I was having a rubbish day on the punt yesterday, but we were being hosted by Ross Gordon and his horse Heisenberg running, so I put 10 each way on it at 31s. Made my day. Nice to meet you, Louis. Tim, good on you, Tim. Hopefully your decks were spitting some sick tunes, mate. And the thought just occurred to me, both my best bets actually won yesterday because they copy that one by three-quarter of a length, so under a length, that got up. Republican Party got up. Did somehow, you copy that? Somehow Louis didn't get up. <laughs> oh, did you get Old Town? <laughs> <laughs> You're like me in the Melbourne Cup. Oh, talked out of our original gold trip and you yeah. went on Numerian. What was the old saying? Even when you're winning, you're losing. Right, after this, Greg O'Connor, he's always winning. Well, it's felt like an age since we last saw a big crowd on Cup Day. So it was a welcome sight to see throngs of spectators line the track on a sunny day down in Ototahi Christchurch. Copy that. Took out the main event for the second year in a row. How good. And to our to his word, I was going to say to our word, because we were all punting against him. Our man as he watched the race from his couch, his second home. <laughs> to give his analysis of the big race and reflect on what was hopefully a good day on the punt is the host of Trot's Talk, Mr. Greg O'Connor. Greg, good morning. How are you this morning, Mr. O'Connor? Yeah, Kempi, nice to catch up with you again. Um, oh, pretty well. I've, I've gone past that uh, milestone age of 50, so I thought I'd better just keep <laughs> things uh, on the lockdown <laughs> yesterday. But uh, look, how, how cool was it to celebrate again with a crowd back at Addington Raceway? And, uh, you know, they, they all turned up in their, in their finest and, and made sure they enjoyed themselves, and the racing on the track was nothing short of outstanding. Oh, Greg, you'd be feeling like a box of fluffies like myself, mate. It's so good to be feeling good. Better than my household, anyway, I'll tell you that. But yesterday's uh, Addington Raceway meeting, mate, uh, were, you, were you happy with the turnout and the crowd? I thought there was, it was probably a little bit apprehensive probably from, from COVID, but the day out, I think it was a pretty successful one. No, absolutely it was. Uh, as he, the the build-up to it this year particularly from a corporate point of view, it was pretty much sold out right from the get-go. But um, we had quite a few walk-up people on the day as well because it was such a beautiful Canterbury day. And, um, yeah, I, I think everyone was just happy to be back there, you know. And, and this is a unique sporting event. Harness racing's not enormous on the sporting sphere in New Zealand, it would be fair to say, but this is the one day of the year. This is the day 
where everyone gets behind the sport and wants to get out and celebrate. And, um, you know, this race, the IRT New Zealand Cup's 119 years old. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. steeped in history. There's been so many great stories uh, around each and every winner. And yesterday we saw the 17th time where we've had a multiple winner of the race. And, you know, when you go to these big days, you want to see the best horses win. And we had three Group 1s yesterday, and they were all won by the best horse. True Fantasy was too good for them in the Phillies final. Don't Stop Dreaming continued a remarkable run for not only Mark Hurd and Hayden Cullen and Natty Rasmussen and, and their team from the All-Stars, but Ian Dobson, who raced Christian Cullen, who won the New Zealand Cup, Mainland Banner, who won the New Zealand Cup, and now he's got another superstar and don't Stop Dreaming. And, of course, he owned Dakota, who, uh, who who was very, very good in the cup running into fourth. So, um, yeah, there was always stories around uh, around the big race winners, but none more so than the mad professor, as I like to refer to Ray Green and, and his horse, copy that. <laughs> hey, Greg, what about, uh, you know, Mark Nixon and, and Wayne Wallace must be Hornby's favourite sons, but Blair Origins, a panther as well. How, how, how is he so good, mate? What makes him so good sitting in that sulky? Kempe, he was a, a very good rugby league player, a junior Kiwi, um, and had to make a decision um, uh, around which which game he went into, and, and I think he might have made the right one, mate, to be fair, because he's ringing wet about 70 kilos, so uh, even for a halfback, that's, uh, that's pretty light, but He's just so cool, calm, and collected, and 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 you often find it with these top sports people, whether the you know, and, and my game, whether they're jockeys or, or drivers, and nothing seems to phase him much. And, and the bigger the occasion, you know, the better they better they perform, and, and that's certainly the case with Blair. And uh, you know, he had a lot of confidence going into this race with Copy. That um, he's only driven him a few times, and, and has a, a terrific record on him. Obviously, he's won the last two New Zealand Cups, but. When he drove him up at Auckland and he won off 55 metres, um, he said to me, I haven't had a drive or felt a horse uh, you know, that, that well in himself um, and that powerful for a very long time. And then, of course, he went to Cambridge and won off 70 metres with Zach Butcher driving him. So he knew he had the horsepower and he knew that if he got him to the front like he did the previous year, and you've got to remember, Kenny, they've got, they've got to rate these horses perfectly so the other ones can't move. And a couple of them tried to move. Crew tried to go around them. South Coast Harden tried to go around them. Majestic Cruiser, who was second, was nothing short of phenomenal coming four and five wide to get himself into second. But Blair rating him so beautifully in front meant they couldn't move. And overall, once 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 he landed to the front before the winning post the first time, it was his race to lose. Mm. Can you put it into context how unlikely it was Copy that could defend his title uh, title when he had quite a serious injury setback? Obviously, the the leg injury, pretty phenomenal. Uh, he spent four months in a box, as he, you know, like yeah. he, he he may not have come back to the racetrack, but uh, to Ray Green and his wife Debbie, that they, they are out and out horse people. Ray's travelled the world in harness racing, spent a lot of time in Ireland and Europe, and. Um, you know, they put him in a box and they, they looked after him and nurtured him and, and didn't bring him back too quickly. And he was a big bull, you know, like he was round <laughs> as and they had to take their time with him and, and you know, get him back to the fitness. I mean, the, the pathway that he took to win this cup compared to the one last year, um, you know, all his preparation was in New Zealand. He took him to Australia, gave him hard races and three, three or four races over there, got him back here, started him off those long marks, um, if you'd said to me six months ago, copy that or win the New Zealand Cup again, I would have said you were dreaming. Um, but I guess I probably, like many, 
um, should never have underestimated the, the ability of Ray Green and, and, and his horse and, and how well he knows this horse. And look, there's absolutely no doubt he could turn up next year and do the same thing. I mean, it was deja vu yesterday. He got the same barrier core, same result, got the front, got the win. Um, I said to Ray after the race, is, is there any chance that, um, that he could even get better? And he said, well, I reckon he's grown a wee bit. And therefore, if he, you know, when he fills out to his absolute potential, um, he, he, absolutely he could win three cups. It's amazing to think, Greg. Hey, just rattle through a couple here because we're a bit tight on time, Greg, but important information for Friday. Uh, free for all. When do we get the draw for that? And will Rock and Roll do be there? Yeah, I think he definitely will be. Mick Stanley was gutted yesterday, missed away at the start. He'll be there. He'll be the one to beat in the free-for-all, regardless of barrier draw. He's got a point to prove. So uh, most fields will come out about 12.30, of course. Unfortunately for the Renwick Farms Dominion, the big prop on Friday, we lost Bolt for brilliance, but it's going to be one heck of a clash between the two-time winner, Sunday Sun, who's right back in the zone, and, of course, Muscle Mountain, who'll be there in those Ian Dobson colours. So he's in for another big day on Friday. And um, Millwood Nike, Frank Endicott. Millwood Nike, dollar thirty-five. Yep. She, she goes around. She just wins. Yeah, yeah, she does. Um, yeah, Frankie's loving the ride with the sunshine. They're having a having a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, she, she's next level when it comes to that. And of course, Louis today, big day out at Rickerton. Always love Copeland's mate, uh, Bakery Mile Day. Really looking forward to getting there. Uh, there's two two horses I'd love to have something on live drama race seven number two. Uh, trained by Lance Robinson, uh, Lisa Allpress. That'll do me each way, 5.50 all day. And I'm going for a bit of a roughie in the Copelands. New arrangement. Uh, only had two starts back in this country. And, gee, he really impressed me fresh up. And I, I reckon it was a bit of a go-around last time. So I'm happy to have something on him at $15. Greg, you're a champion. Greg O'Connor, a massive Cheers, l- legend in racing in this part of the world. We'll be back to wrap the hour after this. Welcome back. Coming up to 8 o'clock, we're going to have Baz McCullum on after 8. We're going to be talking all things cricket. We've got the Black Caps taking on Pakistan tonight, live here on SCNZ. Dan McCarty, you got the hairy jav, 8.30, live here on SCNZ. You can catch all the action. They'll do a stellar job. Dan McCarty, he's one of the greats, one of the best, with a little bit of taste of Grant Elliott, how good. Here's a message. Hey, Izzy, do you only go to Maddie B, Maddie Beatman's gym, to just do your hair? That is from Pac-Man. No, Pac-Man. <laughs> I went there. I trained at 12 o'clock, and then I went to the races. Take him through a session, hey. mate. Pac-Man, go yeah. join him. Come for a session. We'll take you down there, Pac-Man, and we'll get the job done, man. It was hard. It was a hard session. We did 40 minutes of ski pretty much, and uh, with a few little exercises in between. How good. Got to be done. I won't be doing that today. I'm going to the golf course after this. Can't wait. But NZ Softball, most disrespected team. We'll get your reaction after eight, Kempi, because no doubt you'll have something to say regarding that. But BMAC coming up. Here's Idle House, the news for Kubota. Together, shaping and building New Zealand. Taking fibre easier with better fibre 155 grams from Chemist Warehouse, now only 11.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning, Izzy and Kempi with a spice of Louis Hermoy, who's a bit hungry. He's going to go get some big food after this, a bit of a big brick here. You're going to get a little flat water. Big bangers. Big bangers. Big snacks for yeah. big lads. Yeah, nice. Yeah, still making the most out of that, eh, boys? Still making the most out of those big bangers for big boys. <laughs> you want more meat information? Meat information? Go see Kempi. <laughs> oh, one of the greats. Oh, I loved it. That was so good. You're a good sort for that, Kempi. Oh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to Baz McCullum shortly because the Black Caps taking on. Uh, Pakistan tonight in, uh, in the semi-final of the T20 World Cup so we'll get his reaction to that and also England taking on India in the other semi-final but we've been talking all things sport this morning a reaction to yesterday at Addington Raceway uh, we copy that was just copybook and got the job done Blair Orange driven Ray Green trained colours galore was just flying there at Addington so how good how good was that performance? But right now we're going to talk some cricket with the one and only Baz, who's still here. He's still in Aotearoa. No doubt he'll be playing a ton of golf, finding some horses, doing a bit of horse farming, family time, back at home. But right now the cricket is flying and the Black Caps taking on Pakistan. We're going to get his reaction and his preview of tonight's match. Baz, what in it to you? Ah, hello. I didn't realise we were talking cricket. I was only coming on to talk racing. <laughs> Plenty of that too, Bez. <laughs> Plenty of that is for sure, right, we... mate. Look, quickly, how was Melbourne? Didn't see you. No, you did see me. Can you not remember? They spent the whole afternoon at the pub together. Can you not remember that? <laughs> yes, I did. I did. It was good to catch up with you and this, mate, but uh, that was a hell of a week, mate. How you been anyway? What have you been up to? Yeah, that was a good week, actually. No, Melbourne was, was mean. I had such a good time. Obviously, our horse, Pungo, he ran brilliantly, and that whole experience of having a runner on Derby Day was was pretty awesome, as I'm sure you've you've already told everyone about. Mm. Is but yeah. no, we had a great time. I was ready to come home though. I was cooked by the end of it. Gee, it's a big week, isn't it? <laughs> it's you a know? big week. It's a and big I got week. Leathering yes. on the punt. Oh, well, is he still recovering from yesterday? Oh no, last week. Oh, the week before. <laughs> oh, every day, every day on the punt. <laughs> what did you? What did what you? Um, what did you learn about Melbourne Bears? You know, Pongo. You've got obviously the Fibrillator, um came out last week and and won really well on Melbourne Cup out at Pukekohe. What have you learned? Have you have you ended up buying any other horses or you got any other big races coming up in your stable? Uh, yeah, it's actually been not a bad little period for the for our horses, and we had a really nice trial winner the other day. A uh, horse that we bought at the. Um, New Zealand Bloodstock ready to run sales at Karaka there. Last year we bought a nice Lonro filly, which I need you guys to ask Paulie Moati because the the Karaka million odds are out, but our horse only got named yesterday, so he's actually she's not actually got any odds on her yet. Her name is Buccino, and I need to find out how much he's prepared to give us for the futures on that. So if you can have a little look or, or ask Paulie Moati, there might be a little uh, a long term play there because I think she's got a little bit of ability, lads. Nice, Porcino. Okay, mate, you got so much in your stable going. I can't keep up. But anyway, let's talk some sport, mate. Let's talk some sport. The the Black Caps, they're back in the winner's circle. They're playing Pakistan tonight. What have you made of their performances as of late there, uh, Bez? Well, I just can't believe everyone keeps sort of being surprised when they make semifinals, to be honest. Like, how resourceful are they? They just have a, 
they have such a well-rounded side. They're incredibly well-read. They're calm in most pressure situations. They've got big players who have got exposure all around the world to to major tournaments and, and these T20 leagues. And, and they just find a way when the pressure's at its at its highest. And they'll go into it tonight with with a sense of confidence, I reckon. And so they should. Sydney should suit them. Um, I think if they can win the toss, which from looking at the kind of results of, of all games played at Sydney, the team that wins the toss and, and bats first has, has been very successful. If you can get a score on the board, I think they've won five out of six games or something. So if they can do that, get a, get themselves a score and and then rely on the resourcefulness of their bowlers and the craft of Williamson as a captain, I think they should be a, a real good chance. Baz, what about Finnellan and Glenn Phillips? What have you made of their form? Oh, I think Finnellan's a rock star, eh? I think he's... He's never going to he's never going to be a consistent type of cricketer, but when he comes off, he's going to win you games of cricket. And you know, not too many people have have the bravery to take on um, some of the the uh, the opposition's best bowlers and at the top of the order like he does. And look, he's nowhere near the finished product, but I think he's got something which which is a, a really rare skill. And you know, I, I enjoy watching him play. Glenn Phillips has been outstanding. Batting in the middle order in T20 cricket is so hard, particularly on mm. big grounds. But he's got the ability to. Not just have a power game, um, which we've seen, you know, he clears the ropes many times, but he also adds that craft of being able to push the ball into the gaps and he's so fast between the wickets. So he's able to score at a really high strike rate um, through two different methods, which is which is outstanding. And gee, what an athlete in the field too, eh? He's, he's been a, a real revelation in the middle order. Mate, they've both been phenomenal this, uh, this outing. Uh, Finn Allen, he's come out, he's keeping a quality and experienced players and Martin Gupta on the sidelines and he's proven an absolute winner but they're facing a Pakistani outfit that have well had the wool over the Black Caps as of late I think the last couple of competitions they're 0-3 taking on Pakistan so not good signs earlier on and Matthew Hayden's come out and said look no one really wants to face us so he's given them a lot of confidence how do you approach this game against Pakistan what's the threats that they offer? Well, Pakistan are a very good cricket team, right? They always have been. They've got an amazing amount of talent that runs throughout their side. I think as one thing I find really interesting is the four teams that are in the semi-finals. You've got obviously India, Pakistan, England, and New Zealand. Barring New Zealand, all three of those teams have got major T20 competitions, which um, which all of their their big players play in. Um, and New Zealand, well, they're just so resourceful, and they they allow their players to go and play around the globe and and allowed them to play in the IPO and get that sort of exposure to T20 cricket. So it's no real surprise to me that these teams are in the semi-finals. And, and I look at Pakistan, I think, you know, they've got talent, but they've also got T20 exposure and they've got experience because of their Pakistan Super League and, and some of their players being able to play in it. So, look, they're really good. Their pace lineups very good. Shadab Khan, to me, is an absolute superstar. Um, he's, he's a cricketer, which I can really get around. <laughs> Um, with what he does with bat, ball, and in the field. And, uh, you know, I think their middle order's been really good for them. They have struggled for runs at the top of the order. And it'll be interesting to see what New Zealand do, because Bracewell, who has been on the outside of the side, is actually, for the World Cup, actually performed really well against Pakistan in the lead-up to the World Cup. So it'll be interesting to see how the uh, how the teams line up. But I think it's going to be a cracking contest. And I just uh, think if New Zealand can win the toss, then it, it certainly increases their chances. Baz, what have, what have you made of Australia not being able to um, get through any further on their home soil? <laughs> well, I, th- I think that, that that last point I just made around the T20 competitions. So, 
the Big Bash used to be an absolute jet of a tournament. It used to be one of the best tournaments as a player to play in. And then it became quite long and you lost a lot of probably your, your real overseas um, superstars playing in that tournament. And yeah, there's still some overseas players, but if we're being honest, they probably weren't the best that was going around. And, and not many of the international Australian boys actually play in that tournament regularly. So I just wonder if if because of that, um, yeah, they play in the IPL a little bit, but they don't often play together. Um, so I don't know whether whether that was a factor in, in them not being able to qualify. But look, I think everyone was very shocked. They Australia on their own soil in a World Cup, you would think, mm. um, would be red-hot favourites. But look, I thought they just... they. they didn't quite look the same Australian sort of outfit and confident outfit that we're so used to in World Cups. But I think the four teams that made it are the right four teams, to be honest. On the other side of the, on the scale, uh, Bears, with England, uh, Ireland, Scotland, um, you had the Netherlands beating the South Africans in the last side. So what do you put their sudden resurgence down to? Is it is it their exposure to top-level cricket? They're getting more crack at international teams. What is it? I think they were race fit too, to be honest. Is like they all they came through the qualifiers, so they had the opportunity to play uh, in those conditions and get games together and under the belt on the in the lead up to the World Cup. So I think that definitely helps. I think the T20 tournament, if we take out the rain frustrations early on in the tournament, it's been an absolute beauty, and it sort of shows that. But I think it puts one day cricket under a little bit pressure because you're getting you don't get the same turn up and results in one day cricket as what you do in T20 cricket and I guess I sort of look at if if the great all-back sides of yesteryear played against Japan over 80 minutes they'd probably beat them quite comfortably if they play over 10 minutes <laughs> then then the game becomes a little more um, sort of uh, inconsistent in terms of results and I think that's what we probably see a little bit from the T20 game but I've loved it I think it's been a cracking World Cup and and uh, and I'm looking forward to supporting not just New Zealand but also you know, England as well, because they, they pay the bills too. <laughs> Go on, then. Go on, then. What are England going to do, Bears? <laughs> chicka, chicka, chicka. <laughs> Put well, your pound into it. Go. New Zealand, England final just makes total sense to me. Total oh, dollars. Right. Total dollars. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Hey, Baz, I guess I guess if we have to, we better talk some racing, eh? Do we? I guess we, we if we have to, we, we may as well. Well, if you guys are going to ring me up, and if you're going to ring me yeah. up and talk cricket, I'm not going to answer the phone anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk racing, we talk beer. Let me bring some balance back. Yeah, yeah. Let me bring some balance back, Baz, okay? Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. I know you love the business of racing. I know you'll find this super interesting. Did you? So you would have seen Flightline, the best horse in the world, go around for his last start in America and the Breeders. And, like, the cruising speed and the gear change, and he's kicked away and beaten another really good horse. Now, what about this? They sold 2.5% of Flightline. They put him through the ring for 4.6 million US. That's 7.77 million NZD, meaning, and, and I'll give Havelt the credit for this. He did, ran the math on it. 100% of his value off that would be 290 million Dollars. That's what Flightline is worth in NZD. Isn't that insane to think that one horse could be worth that? But you look at his stallion prospects and what they can stand him for. Just your whole observation around the Flightline story? Well, congratulations firstly to Izzy for that purchase. Like, good on you for putting your, you know, <laughs> put, putting your hard earned on the line and, and getting and really sort of having mate. a go. I'm not on the pound, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, 
that that to me is insane money. Eh? I sort of I checked out some of those results and like oh like what like that's huge money. And I mean I don't know what he's going to stand for the flight line, but some simple calculations would suggest that his stud fee is going to be pretty two hundred plus. Yeah, it'll be it'll be two. Tw- it's got to be more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, how do you get your money back? But I guess what the, I mean, for them, money's no option, really, or money doesn't mean anything, really, does it? Sort of, you know that, that much, do they? <laughs> 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 uh, I do it for the love of it, boys, you know that. Hey, but, <laughs> hey Baz, I've got a question for you. Has um, is Razor been showing you the places he's going to be staying in there? Is it close to you or not? <laughs> I haven't heard from Razor, actually. We'll have to catch up with him and... And just uh, and see what is see what he's going to do. But is he? Uh, you think he's going to he's going to head over there? You reckon? Well, there's Whoa, talk. Hey. There's talk of it, and we're just sort of we know how close you two are. And um, <laughs> I hear Kensington's quite a nice place to live. <laughs> <laughs> I only know the pubs around there. As a coach, you never buy a place where you where you're coaching because you're likely to you know get the flick anytime soon. Then you're going to have to sell it. So you just rent. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good, mate. Hey, um, reckoning today, it's an awesome day. Like the, we're bang in the middle of the carnival yesterday, Cup Day. It was just so good to see people back on track. Copeland's Mile, it's always a ripping race. Um, you've spent a lot of your days down there at reckoning and at the old Rat. You know, watching the races down there. Have you had a scan of the fields? Oh, I haven't done any research at the moment because I was sort of just checking out the forecast. I got a bit of golf this morning, lads. So I was sort of, I was thinking I'll get the races up <laughs> while I'm playing golf. Maybe have a couple Beauty. of quiet beers and then do my do my form. But look, it's a great week, isn't it? It is a cracking week down there. I'm ice cold on the pump, though, boys. So I'm not going to try and steer anyone into anything. But it is a good week, and I'm sure you guys had a good day yesterday as well. I was very envious of of some of the videos I saw of you lads on track, and and uh, yeah, I got a few mates down in Christchurch too, and they reckon it's been a great week so far. So hopefully we can find a winner. You got anything for me, Louis? Any any tips for me to get me out of a punting hole? Ah, yes, Baz. Well, um, for you, I guess we can go a little bit early on a couple that I've just been running the, the numbers on here. Well, actually, Greg O'Connor, first of all, his top two, he just came on, and his top pick for the Canterbury Breeders Stakes, Live Drama, who's a genuine chance, $7 into 550 So that's race seven, the Valachi Downs Canterbury Breeders Stakes, Five fifty and two dollars ten. That's good each way money. He had new arrangement on top in the Copelands. Here's one. I initially in race two thought that I'd be going to be tipping out Deploy today because she's she started a race against she's Lickety Split as she's on Australia or Lickety Split here at four dollars forty. She lost by four lengths and I thought well against this field she's getting four twenty here she should be winning. But the closer I looked, there's a horse here called Goldie's Chance for Ross Beckett. An Ifraj filly who absolutely kicked them in last start over 1,400. And 1,400 was where my question mark on deploy was. So I'm going up against Michael McNabb with Kin Koo. And typically that's not something I'd like to do. But I actually think Goldie's chance from barrier one might jump to the lead. And at 450, a $1.75's worth maybe a couple of bucks the place, a buck the win. Or if you're Baz, all on the nose, never on the tail. Yes, boy. And what's the Quinella worth? If we're going to get real greedy, you know, if you're going to find your way out of a hole, you swing for the fences, right? So you may as well get the Quinella. Put well, them in yeah, together. You'd be, oh, you'd be getting double digits or just under. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I'll put 10 quid. I mean, $10 on that. <laughs> 
Quit. Quit. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? 25 games in. Well done. Well done, mate. Hey, Bears, we appreciate your time. Where are you playing? Who are you playing with today? Uh, playing at Matamata, playing with a couple of local fellas, actually. Guys who who don't tell anyone that they're playing golf because they reckon they're working today. So I can't reveal their names. <laughs> it's part of the Privacy Act. So, uh, yeah, but... Yeah, they'll be they'll still be claiming expenses on it, I guarantee you. What's on it? Oh. Uh, nah, nah, we just play for a beer actually. So we're very friendly around here. Oh, beautiful mate. Well, if you're anything like uh Lee Thinnis and Sam Weatherly, I played with those lads the other day. Absolute burglars. <laughs> Lee Thinnis, an absolute burglar for sixteen. I've yeah, I've seen sixteen golfers in my time, but he's well better than that. I couldn't believe it. I can't believe I fell for that trip. What was anyway, their etiquette like? Poor, but like yours. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I can't believe you question my etiquette. Anyway, Bez, love your work, I just we'll asked you what go. their etiquette, etiquette was like. Okay, I'll see you later, boys. <laughs> see you, Bez. <laughs> see you, Bez. <laughs> see you, Bez. Good to chat to you. There we are, it's Bez McCullum. He's back, and there's no surprise there he's going to play golf. He sounded a bit relaxed. He's relaxed, mate. He is... He's on one day. He's like, he's in such good form, yeah. and um, he's a busy man. And you're holding one of the most prestigious jobs in the world. You wouldn't even believe it. He didn't even want to come on here and talk cricket. He wanted to talk punting and beer. So there you go. That's your coach, England. That is your coach. How good? <laughs> oh, very good. Oh. We'll get um we'll get him in touch with Razor as well. Surely Baz takes some credit for inspiring Finland to play the way he does. He's got a very similar mentality to Baz at his best. Cheers, Matt and Blenheim. Yep. That's why he was a dead cert, a dollar five, to love the way Finn Allen plays, and I was so glad to hear that. Uh, there's a good text here on he's a doozy. We'll get to that after this. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Paulie Moati is coming up. We'll ask him about those futures odds for Bears as we fully. You absolutely are, and we're here for Cup Week. Uh, Kempe, you are at Kempe. Sorry, I think I mm. missed this. Are the rumours true? <laughs> What's those rumours, mate? Well, they're just, it's just there's like, a ton of them. Oh, oh, there's always a just, ton of them. Just ambling down from Carlton, the Carlton Corner Pub last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to, just is my name still etched on the wall there, mate? Just the, the the legend of Tony Kemp. They just, it's almost like the wind changed, and it's like, <laughs> is he coming? Is he coming? <laughs> is the great one coming home? <laughs> I can tell you a few stories about the Carlton boys from the age of sixteen. The great Carlton Pub on R-O-T the corner. Responsibly. We're oh. gonna get we're gonna get tight when you keep But so you can't coming? wait. You're coming. Mate, I'm there. I am there. Arrive tomorrow night, do the show down there Friday morning with Daggy. Daggy reckons he's got me on the golf course, mate. I haven't swung a golf club for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how your knees will go. Mate, you, I, you I, I'll sure tell you what, a... my knees are fine because I'll be sitting in a golf cart with a beer driving around <laughs> nah, watching nah, nah. them. I just said you're on the drinks cart. Yeah. And I said he won't play. But I said <laughs> Keep you come and bring some chat in the Yui Boom. Hundred percent, he will. Uh, Paulie, when do you fly in? <laughs> yeah, stop it, guys. I'm getting a, a bit of FOMO going on here. Unbelievable. <laughs> come on, come down, Paulie. You're more than welcome. Look, it was a <laughs> someone who didn't miss out was where the boys get paid. <laughs> uh, they picked up a very nice do-it-yourself power play in the New Zealand Trotting Cup yesterday. $2,500 on self-assured, spank him, copy that top five, and BD Joe top eight. That returned uh, 
just over, oh, just under 24,000. And then they also had 2,500 on copy that and spank them both top four, and that returned about 11,000. I'll tell you what, they, Thad and the boys uh, were, were, were travelling pretty pretty good. <laughs> up, up at, and then they, they got Markham'd. They, yeah, Manny oh, Markham, well. that's right. He, yeah, he, and, and, do you know what the, and do you know what the, the nightmare for you, scenario for you is? Once he's done with those lads, he's on the good oil this weekend on Saturday with me and Clayton. Oh, that's the last thing we need. <laughs> the week of Markham. Oh, <laughs> Get up, um, he's a doozy. Uh, so, yeah, and they've plunged he's a doozy into, <laughs> what odds are you going at now, like 360? What are we? Uh, I can see him there. What sixty thousand on at five dollars and fifty cents? After that, he's now into three eighty. This may be the first time ever uh, we cheer home a Tiago runner. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? It, it actually, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like the yeah, obviously, I'm curious to know what happens with Marcus Aurelius. The draw isn't great, but obviously, he's won this race before. Um, I was just looking at it. He's a doozy, to be fair, had the weight, serious weight relief on Marcus Aurelius last start and also cut the corner home. He got held up in his run and then hit the line super strong. But Marcus Aurelius' run wasn't bad, and he's back in form. We know he's won this race. He's got McNabb on. He does have the worst barrier. But at the same time, he's a doozy. Barrier one isn't necessarily... Uh, exactly where you want to be in these big races, you could end up... I haven't seen a map for it, but there's every chance he ends up buried the fence. So I genuinely think Marcus Aurelius at $7.250 is also an each-way bet. <laughs> Louis just trying to get the bookies to push. He's a doozy out a little bit so that the boys get paid. You can have another go. I, I, I'm reading I'm not, you like I'm not a, a book, Louis. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> trust me, Paulie. I'm not a double agent, mate. I, I actually, I'm actually serious. But no, nah, it's a great day at um, Rick today. And um, Baz has a horse that he would like some odds on the Karak a million for. Oh, know. Of course he does. <laughs> Has it got any odds? Can you put some odds on it, please? When are they going to come out? I'll have a word with the boys. Don't forget, (laughs) we've got an enhanced bonus back promotion on the first four races at Rickerton today. So, uh, once again, there you go, Louie. Okay. The the first four races. Well, and this is uh, Goldie's Chance, race two. Have a throw at the stumps. Or Express Coupe, or Deploy, if you like, because they're all three good chances. Well, take the field, then. No, no, no. I'm, I think Goldie's chances are. I think Goldie's chance will be winning, but I like like Deploy probably won't see out the fourteen hundred. I don't think, but Express Coupe also ran a good race on the first day from a wide barrier. But that's race two. So you, and there's not well, there's only ten horses in the field, so you just got to beat half the field home. Exactly. You're on to it, Louis. Beautiful. TAB.co.nz, R18, gamble responsibly. Uh, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. We'll get to some of your text messages after this. SENZ. 26 away from 9 o'clock. We'll catch up with Ward Austin from Majestic Horse Floats in uh, just a wee bit. I reckon you guys will find this super interesting. I always enjoy talk- chatting to Ward because the business of moving horses around the country, Kempe, you know a wee bit about it from your time with Al. It's a, it's a funny old game, really, and it's high stakes. 
High stakes, and I'll tell you what, the truck drivers are absolute champions. Know what they're doing, um, trust them with their lives, you know, they do extra work. I've been on the trucks, I've helped them take horses off the trucks. You know, you can, I've seen Alan just talk to them about what he wants them to do with the horses, and they work their butts off, mate. So Majestic are fantastic at what they do. Yeah, completely agree. So we'll chat to Ward a little bit about that. Um, loveracing.nz is where I have been spending most of my morning having a, a good watch of some replays ahead of today's Copeland's Mile. Uh, guys, the big one today is he's a doozy in the Black, uh, Bakel- Bakery's Mile? Cop- Copeland's Bakery Mile. A big group of us got it at 51's fixed odds. Whoa. Could be a big payday. Uh, and he has... Look, he was sitting there at nice odds for a long period of time. So... He's a doozy. Barrier one, Cosia Asano. You guys, you like Cosia Asano as a jockey? I, I do. Look, he, he had that phenomenal meeting last year at Rickon. Yeah, with Pikey. Yeah, one Pikey, but he won five straight. So that really gave me an inkling of, of his name and, and what he's about. So you always look for Cosia and see what he's about. Well, how's he racing at the moment, Louis, in your honest opinion? Um, I'll have to check his strike rate. I think Cosia is, is hard to catch, but when Cosia is locked in, like he's a strong rider. Mm. You've never got any issue backing Cozzy. He is a strong rider. I feel like, and this isn't scientific, I feel like sometimes watching a rider can just have slight brain fades, uh, fades here and there. He's striking at 9.35. So, look, I think that's similar to where he's probably been at during his career. 17 wins this season. So he's inside the top 10 on the Premiership. Um, and of those, he is, yeah, second highest in the strike rate, which... Look, it isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's early in the season. I don't think you've got any issue. Like, there's no issue here having Cozzy on. He's a doozy. It's not a minus. Um, he's a good rider. So he's finished his apprenticeship. He's a good rider. Barrier one is interesting. He's a doozy in his last start, got way back on the fence and actually had some luck in running because they fanned off and he managed to get a gap. That was a really, really good ride that day. A really, really good ride um, by Cozzy. So... I don't think barrier one's a massive issue, but at the same time, I am guessing he will need a bit of luck. When you look at the threats in the Bakery's Mile, time's ticking as barrier two. Jonathan Riddell has drawn next to him. Now, this horse is underrated. 23 starts, seven wins. It's rated 95, the son of Tavistock. Uh, good track record is where it's a little bit interesting because five of his wins have been on heavy tracks. He has won twice and he's run placings on good tracks. Today it's going to be firm and it'll be fast out there. I'm picking you'll probably want to be close to the speed again because just like the theory yesterday with Mick saying that this is a lot of the great... This is grand final day for all of these horses, right? Most of them. Which means that they're fit. So they're going to be up. They're going to be hard to run past. So being on speed will help or just being behind it. Perfect scenario... Found form winning last start. Josh Parr takes the ride for Mark Walker here. She's a, she, uh, sorry, he, he, he is also a little bit, I guess, I wouldn't call him underrated. I just think that he's probably not won as much as you'd expect during his career, but he always pops up and he is one from one at the course. And that was last start winner at Rickon and Jim, Jim, uh, what's that? Campionessa. Campionessa um, was a, well, Awesome winner, deserved winner. Seriously, the local down the bottom for Meg Kinnean, uh Chris Johnson, that would be a popular victory. 53 kgs, barrier 18 makes it very hard. Feeling the power, Taylor Mitchell, Mark Jones, 53 kgs, um, barrier 7. 
18s out to 26s. Look, he's an honest racehorse. He's probably outclassed by a few of these. Not of the head for Lisa Ladder as well. Yeah, well, don't don't overlook not of the head because not of the head is a really consistent horse. Won five times per Encanto gelding. Uh, it's travelled down, and that actually found some form last start on this track over 1,400 metres. Not of the heads at fourteen dollars four twenty right now can be can get some of it. New arrangement now. This horse used to race for Chris Waller. I'm pretty sure went up to Ruakaka, one fresh up, um, caught a lot of people off guard that day, and you got a big price for it, thirteen bucks. A bit Ballon Rouge that day, who was meant to go on for big things this preparation, but really, like, and I spoke about Marcus Aurelius. Really, he's a doozy. Six dollars to three eighty. A lot of that is the boys get paid money because you can't just take that much money mm. on a horse and not adjust it. So, like, let's mm. let's not just think that everyone is backing this horse. But at the same time, last uh, huge performance. It's got the form. It's got a good jockey. It's got a trainer that only travels horses if she's ready to win. There's no knock on. He's a doozy. Three dollars eighty for me is under the odds right about now, which is natural because it's been punched in from sixes. But this is an awesome race, boys, and I can't wait to see it unfold. It's a good race every single year. Mm. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for today's racing and just wondering if I load up again, but probably not. I have a wee break today, but... Big yeah. big week, long week. Mm. And Kempe, you reckon you'll get along to the harness on Friday? I'll come along, uh, Louie, and, and ha- hang out with you and, and say hello to a couple of mates. I've let a couple of mates know that I'm coming down, so they'll want to catch up at some stage. Um, just talking to that race, I actually think Lisa Ladder might Cornella this race down there Ooh. in the Copelands. Um, she's going all right at the moment. Lisa Lisa's already got a, a good winner for um, uh, the, the the Lisa Ladder. You know, you've got both All Press and, and Ladder both um, going okay together. So it's really interesting that nod of the head, Lisa. Um, yeah, I think the weights are, you know, obviously, as you know, Louis, the weights are going to affect a few horses. Well, I think he's a doozy. The The... <laughs> Why everyone's watching this race is because the, the BGP boys are on it, and everyone will be riding that one home. And I think Lisa's got her horses <laughs> right. So um, everyone but Thad, <laughs> <laughs> Thaddeus and Paulie, yeah, yeah. it's so, awesome, mate. I, I well, think I think Lisa's got a really good chance of actually Quinella in that race. Well, if uh, the run home are honourable people, they'll take the race live at uh, quarter past five. So we'll hear it all on SCNZ. And after this, you'll hear Ward Austin, Majestic Horse Fights. Let's talk about the business of transporting these equine athletes after this. SCNZ, and we are coming up to 9am. But before we get there, and look, we're looking forward to this throughout the morning because he's a, he's a great man. And, uh, well, him and actually his people and, well, I guess Majestic Horse Fights in general do an integral job for the racing industry. They've been transporting horses for 80 years without a word of a lie. And Ward Austin is the CEO. He joins us on the line this morning. G'day, Ward. How are you, Louis? I'm super, mate. How are you? You on the ground in the mainland here? I am. I'm in uh, in Christchurch, just getting ready to uh, toddle off mm-hmm. to, to Rickerton uh, pretty shortly. So uh, in for a big day there, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, it's a, a big week for you and it's a big time of year for you guys. And I reckon let's find out why. And I, I think, well, don't be afraid to explain things for us because I find this stuff fascinating and I'm certain so many people will be. So, and will do. So, if we just take it back, like, what's the context of uh, Majestic Horse Floats and how long have you guys been doing what you're doing for? 
Uh, we first started in 1938. Uh, certainly, we weren't the size uh, we are now back then. There was really just a couple of trucks and one guy just uh, doing what he does, and, and really, that's uh, still the same story today. Uh, we just move horses from wherever to wherever as safely and as quickly as we can, really. Hey, hey, we'll talk a little bit about that. You know, it's a pretty unique place to travel geographically around New Zealand, and your systems must be pretty well honed to c- complete each trip safely. Yeah, we do. We, um, we're certainly changing the way that we uh, look at our trucks and we're always learning something new even after 80 years. There's always something that a horse uh, can do that you never thought of uh, in previous years. <laughs> they always seem to find a way to screw with the internal part of your truck, but that's just uh, horses. Um, but yeah, we do have some um, pretty uh, good systems. You know, we have uh, GPS on the truck so we can tell where they are, you know, basically if there's anything going wrong with maybe harsh braking or cornering. Um, We can view the horses uh, in most of the trucks these days uh, with camera systems and we also, with our more modern fleet now, we're actually also viewing what the other road user does um, that can impact on on our travel. So yeah, we we do have some great systems to to look after our horses, they're they're very valuable. and a lot of the time, it's it's a monetary value, but uh, also there's a huge emotional component uh, with them as well. Yeah, that's fascinating, Ward, and, and that innovation side of things is so important for any industry, right? What about, because as you know, like thoroughbreds in particular, flighty, they are flight animals. So are your drivers also good horse people, or do they have a real empathy and understanding of the animal? Oh, definitely. I mean, for us, uh, you've got to be a horse person first, really, before you can get into the truck. Um, it's not like we're carting a, a whole uh, pallet load of TVs to Harvey Norman. <laughs> and so, you know, we've got to be careful. Because they're livestock and they're living, breathing animals, they react just as we do, you know. So we could be cruising on um, State Highway 1 and the next thing a train goes past. And it's like, what's happening in the box, you know? How have they reacted to that? And... um yeah, mostly they just like, oh, it's a train, you know. Um, but every now and again, they, they can get a bit stupid. Um, <laughs> but by and large, they travel really, really well. Oh, you easy crack me up, Ward. Yeah, I've, I've, I've uh, done a little bit of work alongside your trucks and your drivers, mate. They're fantastic people. What about the racing game, Ward? Have, you know, you've been, like you said, around since 1930. Have you, have you had a little bit of a... A nibble and a horse, or you know, have you owned horses yourself? Hey, Kimpy, Ward hasn't been around since 1930. Come on, mate. I'm talking about majestic, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, um, yeah, I, I certainly don't because I don't have any spare cash. I've got young children, so they just suck all of that out of me. Um, the you know, our drivers do. Um, we've got one of our guys in Palmerston, he's uh in Bell Placer, uh, that's uh racing for him very well in Australia at the moment. Um, and lots of others just have little dibbles and dabbles and syndicates and stuff around the place. Yeah. But not me. Hey, yeah, no, fair enough, Ward. Now, but I know that this week you love to be here on the, the ground this week. And just Cup Week in general, why is it such a big mission? Because well, I saw the Majestic, the branding of the big truck up at Kaikolda. So that was to start the week, um, or last week. And then... Obviously, there's lots of North Island horses that come down for this meet, and I assume that makes you guys very busy. Yeah, it does. So, you know, we, we go through a real intense period. So we, you know, it sort of starts with Kaikoura, you know, culminates with this cup week, and then next week there's the Reddy's run sale up in the North Island. So, 
you know, truck space is, is very limited at this time of year. And, um, you know, it's pretty intense. Like, uh, we'll move something in the vicinity of about 39 horses today. Doesn't sound like a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's just really around the record and track. But you've got to get the right horses on in the stables you've got to go to um, and then just deliver them around. But it doesn't sound really easy. Um, but the driver might be getting in out of the truck six times to get the horses from one end of record into the other. Um we you know, had a flight last Tuesday that came in from Auckland, so there was 21 horses that we had to load up in Auckland. Oh, look, I, I, timings might be wrong here, but say at 4 a.m., and then they come down and get unloaded here. Um, we've got something in the vicinity of about 70 horses to go back to the North Island uh, over the next couple of days, and um, you know, eight of those have already left, and that's... Uh, you know, a two-day journey for those horses, so it's pretty important that we get them back safely. So, yeah, it's a pressured time of year, that's for sure. Uh, look, mate, it's awesome. And I personally know how much pride you and your drivers and your staff all take in um, your work, and it's a tight-knit industry, and you've made good friends, and I know that, that you've got a deep – well, the industry has a deep respect for what you do. So enjoy the rest of the week. Hopefully we'll catch up today, Ward, and we'll shake hands and say g'day. And uh, all the best for a busy time of year right the way through to really the end of... Well, it never really stops for you, let's be honest, Ward. So all the best, mate. Okay. Thanks, Louis. Thanks, guys. There you go. Majestic Horse Floats New Zealand transporting horses all over the country. To learn more, visit HTTP... Oh, I'm not going to do that. www.majestichorsefloats.co.nz. Just Google majestichorsefloats.co.nz. That'll sort you out. We are seven away from nine o'clock. Kempi, do we have Rick Dog today? Uh, Rick Dog is here, mate. He'll be in here to give us a update on everything he's talking about. He was the one who actually gave me the uh, info on our mate Hodgson taking over in the um, from Seabold in the oh. the English team. He sent he sent that to me at like four o'clock, mate. Well, me you- me and him can't sleep. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll we'll work out why after this, shall we? All right. <laughs> Oh, it's been a very fun morning. Yes, we've got a couple of uh, messages left here on the text machine. Uh, people had it up and down yo-yo day on the punt yesterday, but that's right. Today is another day, and Trev, bang on, Marcus Aurelius, big show, just loves it firm, never on, just roll on, get on. There you go. So that might be a bit of me, Kempe, but you got the big dog, the Rick dog? Mate, Rick dog, he's busy just uh, finalising some of his stories today. So we brought in Logan. Logan Swinkles is here, mate, the one and only, to give us an update. What do you got today, Lokes? Uh, big one today, guys. Uh, football ferns. We've got Claudia Bunge uh, ahead of their big match against South Korea. We're going to Shane Jurgensen, Black Hats bowling coach, ahead of their big one against Pakistan. And we've got Frank Finster from the Auckland Tuatara talking mental skills. Outstanding, Logan. It sounds like a big show. And Kempe, running it straight, you've got a genuine A-lister. That's right. Gary Schofield, Skoe is coming on, the one and only, mate. So if you want to listen to someone who's got something to say about his English team and the chances they have, tune in this afternoon to Running It Straight between 3 and 4 o'clock. Oh, I have it dialed in from the track. I'm off to Rickerton. Cup week rolls on. See you soon, Kimpy. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.